If not, turn in your Bibles to the book of Second Thessalonians. In the second chapter, the book of Second Thessalonians. Give you a moment to find the place. Second Thessalonians second chapter. Second Thessalonians second chapter. I don't know if any of you went out Black Friday shopping. I did not. I've had my fill of that. Some people enjoy it. They get a good rush out of it. I think there's some adrenaline involved uh, in Black Friday shopping. But I was thinking about it as I was uh, with somebody, and they were talking about some friends of theirs that were out shopping, and they kept getting messages from them. And I got to thinking, there's two sides to that. Uh, there's the people that are enjoying being able to go out, I hope they were enjoying it, to go out and purchase these things at a great value. There's also the people that had to work it, and they had to set everything out, they had to make preparation, they had to do all the work uh, behind it. Uh, that, 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 so it, depending on where you stood might be depending on uh, what you thought about Black Friday, right? You might have thought Black Friday's a good thing. If you work in sales, you might think Black Friday's an awful thing. It's a hard thing. Uh, Amy's giving me a nod on that one. Uh, you know, there's a lot of times uh, things are that way. There was a football game yesterday. Y'all probably didn't know anything about it. There was a football game on. And there's one group of people that was real happy about it and one people that was real upset about it. It was the same outcome either way, right? Same event, same day. But depending on where you're standing is how you, how you went away feeling from that. Um, and if you, probably in a few minutes, you will go eat, and some of us probably go to a restaurant. You'll sit down, and you'll enjoy that meal, and you'll you'll enjoy it and have a good time. But there's somebody on the other side of that wall that's having to prepare it, having to cook it, and create. And so, depending on which side you're standing on, can make all the difference. <clears throat> and so, this morning, Lord will, I'll preach on a two-sided day. The most momentous. Two-sided day. In the book of Second Thessalonians, I hope you're there. In the second chapter, we begin reading. It says in verse one: "Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto Him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter, as from us." as that the day of Christ, listen, is at hand. Now, I want to read that phrase just one more time because I didn't get a bunch of amens on it, so I'm not sure y'all know this or not. This may be news to you. The day of Christ is at hand. Now, you say, preacher, I've heard that before. Now, I've heard that since I was a kid. The day of the Lord's at hand. He's coming back in. I've been hearing preachers preach that my whole life. And they were preaching it uh, their whole lives. And, and I know that that can't be true. Well, let me just say something. Uh, just, just one moment on that particular <coughs> note. The Lord is coming back. And He's coming back sooner than you think He is. How do you know that, preacher? Because the Bible says that He will catch us 
unawares. He, there are many that he'll catch off guard. He's going to come back. I'm telling you, he's coming back. And it's sooner now than it was then. There's some things the Bible says have to happen. Some things that have to happen. And, That's right. and I believe we can look and see the signs of the times. I want you to know this morning that I'm so convinced that he's coming back sooner than we realize that I believe right now that there's a rustling among the angels. Listen, if man, if you and I can read the Word of God and we can look at it and we can see evidence today that He's coming back, how much more can they Amen. who sit at the King's throne? Amen. No, can you imagine right now in heaven the rustling of the angels' wings? Now the Bible says that Jesus Himself doesn't know the day nor hour, but the Father. Now that's one I can't work out for you. I don't know how uh, God knows something that Christ don't, except He does. The, the Bible tells me that Christ is the bridegroom. And so He's anticipating returning here to get His bride. So can you imagine in heaven how the Son there just kind of looking over at His Father. Just like, you know, making, you know just, just anticipating when the Word is going to be given. The Bible tells me that the day of Christ is at hand. We ought to take note of that. We make plans. You have right now. I'm sure my wife went through my list uh, earlier this morning. She was saying, "Now we got to do this on this day, and then we got to do this on this day." She keeps me straight. If she don't tell me, I don't know, and I'll forget. And 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 so we have all this all the way through the end of the year. I have stuff booked every single week. There's something going on every, nearly every day. Something happening. Right? We have plans. But can I tell you, before we leave here right now, in this service, the Lord could come back. He could return this hour. He could. I don't believe there's anything keeping Him from it. I really don't. Except He knows His own plans and His own mind. That's the only thing I think that's preventing from it. The Bible tells us, He says, don't be shaken in your mind or be troubled neither by your spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us listen don't let this catch you off guard now i don't i don't know about you but i remember being a child when the preacher would preach on one or two topics when the preacher preached on hell and when he preached on the lord coming back and getting his children those two things were terrifying to me why because i was lost and I had no idea where I was headed to. Those two things terrified me. Now the Scripture begins in verse uh, 1 in chapter 2. There it says, Now we beseech you. Now that beseeching word means to beg, to earnestly plead, to fervently. The word fervently is if you look it up in the dictionary. It uses the word fervently. That, that means just with a hot desire that you believe and listen to what he's saying. Paul in the book of 2 Thessalonians and in the book of 1 Thessalonians uses that word over and over again because he's trying to get the church to wake up. He's a preacher now. We're the church. We're ready for him to come back. I hope you are. I do hope you are. But we ain't all ready. We ain't all ready. Did you realize that Jesus had 12 disciples and one of them was a devil? 
Well, I'll look around. Three, six, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Uh oh. Probably one of y'all. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. One of us. I listen to me. We're not all ready. Now we might all in this room be ready, and I hope you are all in this room ready to meet the Lord. I hope you're ready right now. But we ain't all ready. You probably spent some time with folks' family probably in the last few days and in the coming days you're going to spend time with people that you love and I'm not sure they're all ready. <coughs> he says, we beseech you, brethren. Would you listen to me that you are ready? He says, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, listen, and by our gathering together unto Him. There's something that's happening in the church. Now, we only usually see what's happening right here amongst ourselves, right? And, and what we fail to do sometimes is get a bigger picture of what's going on in God's world. But see, God doesn't look just at, at, at this little part of the Alabama and just this little speck of the church and say, well, everything seems to be good. Everything's going the way I like it, and I'm going to leave it alone. That's not how it is. He looks at the whole thing. And if you step back from the picture, there are two things that are happening in God's people right now. I believe if you'll pay attention and you'll open your eyes, you'll see there are two things happening. One, there is a great falling away. And the Bible tells us that in, in, in 2 Corinthians there. He tells them, uh, verse 3, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. Now I want you to know there's a falling away happening. It's happening all around us. I talked with somebody... Uh, just over the last couple of days, how heartbroken they were about their church that was once a thriving church. And there's some things going on in that church that breaks their heart and their church is falling apart. Amen. Just in the last few days. Yeah. There's a falling away happening. You want me to tell you what's going on? Can I just be real honest? Can I preach just for a moment? You want me to tell you what's going on? People are more happy with what they got going on than Amen. what the world's got going on. Amen. Can I just be real honest? If you're not careful, you're going to get wrapped up in yourself more than you will ever get wrapped up in Him. Amen. And there's a whole lot of people that's got satisfied with religion Come on now. rather than a relationship with a loving Savior. Yeah. That's right. A lot of that going on. Good preaching. There's some falling away that's going on right now as Amen. we speak. And it will happen here. Amen. Come on, Brian. Amen. I'm just going to preach the truth to you. Why? Because I beseech you that you not be shaken or stirred, that you're ready for that day that He is coming back. Come on, man. We have to know. Mm -hmm. We have to know. You have to know. Mm -hmm. Some preacher, this is not a message. I, I think it's for me. Well, I, hold on. We'll get there. I don't think the Lord will miss you. He says, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day. This is that day is coming. And here's what I want us to see. Is that day means two things. I told you it's a two-sided day. You see, that day the Bible tells me in the book of 1 Thessalonians in the 4th chapter that He shall come and descend into the clouds with a shout and the trump of God shall sound and those that are dead in Christ will rise first and the which we are alive and remain shall be called up to be with Him. That's what it tells us. It's going to happen on that day. I was looking in this song book as they were singing uh, some songs and 
I was waiting for somebody to call out that song. We sing it all the time. Uh, that was uh, that, that 476. I thought somebody's got to call that out. We sung it uh, bunches and bunches over the last couple of weeks. Uh, and, and then before that too. But listen, it says there is coming a day. That day's coming. It's coming. Listen, you ought to be excited if you're a child of God that that day is a coming. When no heartache shall come and no more clouds in the sky, no more tears to dim the eye and all is peace forevermore. There'll be no sorrow there. No more burdens to bear. No more sickness, no pain, no more parting over there. And forevermore I will be with the One who died for Amen. me. What a day. Glorious day. That will be. There's another song we like to sing it. We like to sing it because it's fast. Uh, we as musicians like to play it because it's fun to play and we play it a good bit. Listen to this. I'm gonna slow it down so you don't we don't we don't think about the song because we sung it too many times. Y'all know how that is, you've sung the song so many times you forget what the word says. Some glad morning when this life is over. I'm gonna fly away. Y'all realize that? Whether you're dead in the ground or standing up walking. He's going to call you up to be where He's at. I'm going to fly away to a home on God's celestial shore. You didn't pay for it. You didn't buy it. You ain't going to pay taxes on it. It ain't going to decay or fall apart. That's where you're headed. When the shadows of this life have grown, I'll fly away. Listen, like a bird. From prison bars has flown. I don't know about you, I've never owned a bird, never kept one in a cage, but I got a feeling if you open that cage door and you leave it open and you don't close it, that bird's going <coughs> to fly out. He's going to leave. Why? Because he's living in a prison. And one day after a while, you're going to be able to leave here. I want you to know that day that's coming, it's a glorious day. If you're saved. Amen. Amen. Now y'all stay with me just for a minute. If you're saved, it's a beautiful, beautiful day. Mm -hmm. But if you're lost, can you imagine the day? Just for a moment, could, can you imagine what that day would be like if you weren't right with Jesus? Somewhere, somewhere, a husband's going to wake up and his wife is usually right beside him. She's not going to be there. He's going to call out for her. He's going to get up and he's going to search the house for her. He's going to go into the kids' rooms and he's going to open the doors to the kids' bedrooms and the kids are going to be gone. He's going to go out in the yard. He's going to see well, her car is still here. Where could she be? He's going to pick up the phone. He's going to start calling people. And some people are going to answer. Some people are not going to answer. 
Eventually he'll dial 911 and he won't get through. Because everybody else is on the line. Car crashes and airplanes falling out of the sky and heavy machinery. Listen, listen, listen. You say, Preacher, well, the Lord knows he could do it tonight. He do it. Listen to me. Let's go back to Scripture in Second Thessalonians. Go back to Scripture just for a moment. And look down. Look at verse. Look at verse six. And now you know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. Verse seven. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Let me, let me tell you, there, there's some things that are already at work right now, preparing for the time that this is going to happen. And then look what it says. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. Now, you read that scripture and you may be like, man, you scratch your head, man, and say, no, what did that just say? He that now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. What in the world is that talking about? That's what I said too. So I begin to pray, begin to read a little bit and study. This is my conclusion of what that scripture means. There is one right now who stands in the way of the devil. There's one right now who is a hedge around you and I. There is one right now uh, who, who goes to the Father and sits at our behalf. The Holy Spirit right now uh, allows and disallows things to happen. The, the, the devil just can't do whatever he wants to do. Did you know that? He don't, he don't have free reign. No, 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 no. The Lord still stands in His way. Amen. And His Spirit, He said, I won't leave you alone, but I'll send another that He might be a comforter to you. He allows and does not allow at the Word of God. He takes and gives the people when they need. You ever been touched by the Spirit? Oh, pray, come, get down this altar and beg He come by your way. You'll get a hold of something. The Spirit moves your way. But there'll come a time on that day when the Bible says that he that left and left will be moved to the side and the devil will have his way. Can I tell you, that day is going to be a bad day. It's going to be a really bad day. Do you know that's going to be good people left on that day? They're going to be good people left behind. People that went to church. People that sung songs for God that 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 went and prayed did all this. There'll be good people on that day. How do you know that preacher? Because the Bible says, "Lord, did we not?" And it begins to list things in your name, and He will say to them, "Depart from me, I never knew you." It's going to be a really bad day for those that don't know the Lord. Now here's the thing. You don't have time when the day comes to decide where you're going to be at. I don't know how many of you have ever flown in a big, large airport. I don't know how many of you have. I've been fortunate or unfortunate, depending on whether you like flying or not, to fly more than one time, not lots, but but enough. 
and every airport they're built a little differently, but they have a long terminal part that you have to walk down, and then there are these gates. Gate one, gate two, gate three. My gate is always at the very end. I don't know if I've ever. I don't, I don't think they fly people out of those close gates. I don't know if we've ever had one close. Seems like I always have to walk a long, long ways. And because I don't fly a whole lot, now if you're a frequent flyer, this might not affect you, but I'm not a frequent flyer, so I'm always nervous. Like, I want to be there forever, ever early. Hours upon hours. I know I'm going to get stuck in a security check line, and my wife tell you I don't do well when it starts messing up my plans, and, and I start getting a little frustrated, I, and I don't like it. I won't I, I be there on time. You know why that nervous and apprehension is there? It's because... My only chance to get on that plane is to go through that door. Because you see, at every gate is a door. And there's a little little desk there beside that door and a little man or woman working the computer. And you can't open that door. That door is locked. It's got a key code, a little button thing that they got to push in a code before they go. That's the only way to go out that little walkway thing and get on to that airplane. It's the only way. I'm always terrified. I ain't going to get to go through that door. Um, one time we were flying pretty recently. That was last year. Uh, it was just Abby and I, and we sat there, we were waiting, we got there early. And they had a big desk, and they began to call a name. Is Mr. So-and-so in the terminal? About ten minutes later, they called the same name. Is Mr. So-and-so in the terminal? About 10 minutes later, they called the same name. Well, see, the reason they were calling his name is because they had boarded the plane. And he was not on the plane. And he's supposed to be on the plane. And a little bit, I don't know if it's the right person or not the right person. I've seen some folks walking in a really big hurry to that desk but the door was closed. Y'all hear me this morning? You can't wait until the day to get it right. Mm -hmm. we, had to, we had to wait at an airport, had to, we were changing flights, and we had some time. So Abby and I said, well, it's lunchtime. We'll go get some lunch. We're, we're here early. We're here where? Everything's good. So we go back to the center, back down that long hallway, back to where the little restaurants are, and we get some burger to eat, and we sit there. We're taking our time, because we know, listen, we know. We're early. We got plenty of time. We're not in any rush. I'm not nervous or upset. I'm calm. Everything's good. We finish eating. We throw our trash away. We begin to walk back towards the gate. As we get closer and closer to the gate, I'm like, those people are lined up. 
the door's open. It shouldn't be open for another 20 minutes. Listen to me. This happens all the time in airports, by the way. They leave early. We always talk about when they leave late. Did you know that airplanes leave early? All the time. You know why they leave early? So they won't be behind. They're not required to wait till that time on there to take that plane off. That's why they say when you buy your ticket, get there an hour and a half to two hours early so that you can get their security check points and get there in time. They leave a half hour early in a minute. And so we were able to get on the plane, but it was just a little bit. Just a little bit of a close call. Because we were over here enjoying ourselves. There's a whole bunch of people on that day that's going to wake, wake up and it's going to be the worst day of their life because they spent too much time enjoying themselves. You say, well, preacher, that's not me. I got saved when I was a such and such. Let me tell you, I'm not trying to talk anybody out of salvation. I believe if you got it, I can't talk you out of it. Because you can go back to that point. I can't take you back through the blood again. Can I tell you when I was sitting here and I was studying and reading the same old devil that gives you a hard time, he gives me a hard time. And that same old devil, he said, oh, you ain't even saved. You're going to preach a message in. And I'm thinking, let's just go back there, devil. I've been down this road with you before. I don't mind to travel it one more time. And so I begin to think back to when I was just a boy. And the Lord began to speak to my heart and told me that I was lost and undone without Him. And I remember the day when I bowed and called on His name and said, Lord, save me. And He saved me. Now I had to stop then. He had to quit. I'm not trying to talk nobody out of their salvation. But I'd say to you, no, no, that you got what you got. I'm going to take you one more place in the scripture, and then I'm going to close. In 1 Thessalonians, if you'll back up a book, just a few pages, to the fourth chapter. One more time, Paul uses that word, beseech. In the fourth chapter of 1 Thessalonians, the first verse, he says, Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as ye have received of us how ye ought to walk and to please God, so ye would abound more and more. Amen. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a good scripture. Amen. And you ought to take just a few minutes and you ought to root yourself in it. Because it's time the church be the church and it be different from what the world is. It ought to look different on uh, what it's going to be like on that day. Well, we got a bunch of people that's been playing and pretending and they look the part. But the problem, church, is, is we can't tell them apart because we don't look different enough. That's right. Come on now. Amen. We don't look different enough. While on this trip, we stopped uh, just for just a, an hour or so in Gatlinburg. And it wasn't everybody, just a handful of us went. And there were some that hadn't been in Gatlinburg many times. And 
So I wanted them to walk, but we had challenged them along the way that, that we'd give them some little cards, had the church's name on it and the scripture and things. We challenged them to, to, to give them out if I saw somebody. And, and I want you to know, as I was walking down that road, there were some people that I said, oh, they're not saved. I said to myself, oh, they're not saved. I can give them a car for sure. I mean, it's just pretty much everybody I run into. <laughs> yeah. Y'all stay with me just a minute. Y'all, y'all gonna get this for just a minute, and then I'm, I'm, I promise I'm gonna close and sit down. Because I, I was sitting there with that card in my pocket, and I was thinking, you know, now you challenge them, and you pastor, so you, you gotta show them, right? You gotta lead that. You don't, you don't tell somebody to do something that you're not willing to do. Now let me just say that's an awkward thing to walk down the streets of Gatlinburg and try to witness to people. If you're not, if you don't do it, it's an awkward thing. It'll challenge you. And so what I was looking, I was like, who is it? And so I began to look at each one of them as we walk. Now I'm walking with a group of people and they're all talking and I'm thinking about all these sinners I'm walking around. And you know what I got feeling like? I could give it to any one of them. They're all lost. Everybody on the streets lost. That's what I began to think to myself. Now, here's the question. What is the likelihood that they're all lost? Surely some of them are saved. Right? I mean, we're still in the South, sort of. In Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Surely we're still in the South, the Bible Belt, right? Are y'all, are y'all getting what I'm saying? Surely there was somebody there who loved the Lord. And, and knew that they'd been saved by his marvelous grace. Surely. But I couldn't tell. Could they tell that I was saved? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Did they know that there was something different inside of me? He says, Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as you have received of us, how you ought to walk and to please God. <coughs> Are we different than the world? And can they see that there's something different in us? I walked into a little toy store, and we kind of walked around, the kids were walking around, and they all left. And I went back inside because it was just the cashier in there. And I pulled that card out and I give it to her. And I said, I don't mean to bother you. I'm here on this, I'm here in Gatlinburg with my church. And I feel compelled to pray for you. And the look on her face. And I thought to myself, Nobody ever said that to her before. And nobody ever said, I'm not saying anything bad or good about Brian. The Lord was trying to do a work and He's still trying to do a work in us. And, and I believe He has more room for us to grow. But there's a world out there that's going to meet that day in a bad way. And you're going to be shouting with Jesus. And they're going to be giving, they're going to be at the beginning of the worst eternity they could possibly spend. Mm-hmm. Church, what do we need to do to be the church? What do you need to do?
to be the child of God that He's calling you to be? What is it? Who is it? What's your mission, Phil? What's your work? We challenged one another while we were there. We, we sort of challenged one another to rise to the occasion, to be who God wants to be. As Mason taught, to be sold out for the Lord. Their song won't be there is coming a day when no heartache shall come. Their song will be there is coming a day when true heartache is just beginning. Lord help. Lord help. Church, let's tell them. But if you don't know, for sure, beyond a shadow of doubt, come find out. Come find out. Is the door that lets me go through going to be open for me? I don't want to miss it. Come get a verse of song. As they come, you feel the need to come and pray. We want you to do it right now.